Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Derek Bradley. I manage education abroad here at University of the Pacific. This week, our guest is Natalia Guevara. Welcome, Natalia. Thank you so much, Derek. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you studying? Uh, where did you go abroad? Who are you? <laughs> so I am a fourth year history and international relations double major. I went abroad to Krakow, Poland in the spring 2019 semester. I kind of went with the idea that um, I have my history research that I'm doing for my senior year, and I really wanted to get a more in-depth immersive education uh, surrounding World War II and the Holocaust. So it was a Holocaust specialty program. Wow. Um, so it, like, it's the only Poland program that I know of. And as soon as I saw it um, under USAC, I knew I immediately wanted to do it. That's really cool. And it's a really specific yeah. focused program. That's really awesome. And I yeah. believe it's a relatively new program for USAC. Yeah, it's. I believe we were the first uh, spring students to go. They had kids in the summer go and they had kids in the fall go, but they hadn't had it. Um, it was like their first year doing it, basically. Wow. It popped up over the summer before my junior year. I had already decided I think I'm going to go to the Netherlands or something like that. But then I saw this program and it was new. I was like, oh, I have to do this. This is perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So you went your junior year, spring semester. What point did you know that you wanted to go abroad? I have known that I wanted to go abroad since I was 13 years old in middle school. I was a very shy kid who really loved to learn. I loved history. I loved learning about other cultures. I just, that was my favorite thing in the world. And I remember my dad bought me a globe for my desk and I thought it was the best thing in the whole world. And I would look at it all the time, be like I can't wait to study abroad one day. That's what I'm going to do. And I remember going to freshman orientation at Pacific and I went to the study abroad orientation that they have for freshmen. And I just, it was always something that I knew I was going to do like my, for the better part of my life, I would say. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Had you traveled abroad before? Was this your first time abroad? I have not. That was my first time out of the country. I had never gone abroad ever, so it was really exciting. Wow, and you went to Poland, like really off the beaten <laughs> path for, we don't send a lot of students to Poland. That's really exciting. Good for you for choosing kind of your own path for that. Um, what was the process like in kind of figuring out where you wanted to go. You talked about that a little bit. Was that a we have 330 options in 62 countries, so a little mm -hmm. bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you landed on it because of the subject matter, but mm -hmm. before you found out about it, was it an overwhelming process? I would say that as soon as I figured out the Poland program, I kind of knew, like something was telling me that I should go in that direction because before I was thinking about um, going to Amsterdam instead, again, because I wanted something of like similar subject matter. So when, you know, I saw it appear on the USAC website when I was like over the summer, I was like doing all this research study abroad. I was like, oh, I'm going in the, I'm going in the spring. I have to get ready. Um, and then all of a sudden there was this shift in path kind of, and I was talking to my mom about it and I was really expecting her to kind of be like, oh no, don't go there. Like, cause she doesn't want me to go anywhere off the beaten path. She was really like, oh, that sounds like a lot better like that sounds like it's going to really line up more with what you want to do I think you should do it and so I feel like it always kind of like as soon as I learned about it I knew it was the right thing for me now had your parents been abroad before um, my parents have only ever been to Mexico so they have never gotten a chance to like go abroad abroad um, I'm hoping soon after I graduate I could take them somewhere they really want to travel to so I want to be able to take them 
places and show them what I saw when I was there. Very cool. Now, did you talk to other students who had been abroad? How did you go about doing your research? So I think I did a lot of online research for sure. I got really obsessed with watching like packing videos and what I did when I studied abroad type thing. I was I was obsessed with those. I love those so much. Um, I think that cross-cultural one that I took the spring of my sophomore year, a year beforehand, um, was really, really helpful. Uh, we had the study abroad panel come in. We got to ask them so many different questions and it was really helpful. So um, I think there was like a lot of good resources on campus. Just for everyone out there, even though I'm teaching that course, I did not pay her to say that. So that was, that was her own initiative. Um, how about your engagement with USAC before you left, guiding you through kind of the application process, things that they needed from you, things, the information that they gave you to prepare you? How was that? Uh, experience. They were very responsive and very, it was a lot of back and forth in like a really good way. Uh, as soon as you uh, apply for the program, they, they're immediately, you know, sending you emails, then you end up getting a portal and a login and they're constantly updating you like, oh, hey, you need to turn this in by this time, like visa, applica visa applications and passports if you don't have it yet, because I didn't have my passport yet. So they were very helpful, I would say. Like the website for USAC is very like informative and really like gives you good step-by-steps on how to go about things, especially when you have like your student portal and it has like they had like a whole like timeline of like when you need to get certain things done by. So that was extremely helpful. Now, how about your arrival? Were they there to meet you at the airport? How did that work? So I did end up doing the group flight that they have with USAC. So I did get to meet with a few other students of my program at the Krakow airport. And we did meet with our um, campus advisors when we were there, which was really nice. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I did this because I would have had no idea how to get from the airport to my apartment. So it was, yeah, they were really, really good about that. What were your first impressions of the other students that you met at the program at the airport? What do you remember thinking? Uh, I remember being kind of relieved that I would have someone who like I could speak English with and everything because, you know, it's always like nice. I think I kind of realized pretty soon that they were from very like different parts of the United States. Like I was the only one from the West Coast. So, you know, I kind of like saw immediately there was like a lot of like, I guess, even cultural differences for us, even though we were all Americans. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting experience. Do you remember a lot of students talk about the anxiety kind of before they left? Do you remember that excitement, that feeling uh, anxiety before? before you are actually arrived? What was that like for you? So I remember it most immediately as uh, soon as my parents dropped me off at the gate. And I remember it was really hard for my mom because she thought she'd be able to wait with me while I waited for my plane to get here, but they they, they weren't allowed to go through TSA. So she was, really, she was really sad about that. So after I remember they had left me at the gate to go through TSA, I remember having this immediate thought of like wanting to run away. I'm like, I need to go back. I can't do this. I need to go back to my parents. And I know that if I did that, they'd be like, it's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, that like I had that immediate like thought of like, I've never done this before and this is so scary and I'm going by myself. Like I got kind of like just a, like a few minutes of like anxiety. And then I like allowed myself like, it's okay. It was really early in the morning because my flight was at 7 a.m. I was like, it's gonna be okay. And the anxiety would happen every now and then, but eventually like you learn to kind of adjust, you know, and realize it's not a bad thing. This is a great thing, a great opportunity. So tell me about when you, after, so from the airport, then they took you to your housing. Mm -hmm. What was going through your mind when you were seeing that? What was that like? Well, to be completely honest, I think as soon as I got there, I was just thinking, I cannot wait to lay down and go to sleep. 
I had a single room, um, which was nice. And I lived um, on the same floor as everyone else in my program. So we were all like neighbors with each other. And I got to say hi to a few people who had already got in there before us. Yeah, I think that I was kind of thinking about how cold it was outside. It was, you know, first week of January in Poland, like it was freezing. And yeah, and like I'm thinking, oh, there's so many things I want to do. Oh my gosh, I'm just so ready to just knock out right now. <laughs> long flight. <laughs> now, how far in advance of the start of classes did it was your arrival? I believe that it was it was definitely less than a week. I think it was about like three to five days. I'm not entirely did they have sure. Did a lot of orientation? Yeah, you? yeah. We had two full days of orientation. Yeah, they were really good about that. Like they provided meals for us and they showed us um, like the main square of Krakow and just everywhere. They did a really good job at showing us around. So talk to me about your first impressions of the food in Poland. <laughs> um, so I remember my first Polish meal because they had gotten it for us for lunch and it well, they gave us like a five course meal, which was, you know, they had like soup and then they had like an entree and then they had a dessert and they had coffee. Like it was so nice. It was definitely very different, but I think it was a good kind of different. I remember liking it immediately. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. And then I remember the second meal I had that day because we were going around uh, the old town and we stopped at McDonald's. That was my second meal in Poland. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but there was a difference because the, <laughs> the fries did not have as much salt on them. <laughs> yeah, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> so then over the course of the semester, did you find some kind of favorite restaurants, places to eat in Poland? Yes. So um, I remember on the way to class from my tram stop when I would go from my apartment um, to a tram stop close to my university and then I'd walk about 10 minutes. You go right by this uh, little cafe called Vasola and I would go there almost every single day. I had a stamp card. The people in there recognized me and probably other students of the Americans. They were very, very nice. They had amazing coffee. Um, yeah, I would go there often even if I just wanted to study or if I just wanted to grab coffee before class. And then there was another... Um, coffee shop or bookshop actually in Krakow that I'm blanking on the name right now but it was they had all English books which was amazing to me uh, so I remember it was like like just kind of nestled in the old town of Krakow and I remember I would go there and just like read and study and it was so nice they just had so many awesome cafes there it was amazing any Polish food that you miss I think anybody who goes to Poland would say they would immediately miss pierogies just because when you go there, one, they are like very inexpensive. Like they sell quite like a lot of them for uh, very, very cheap. And for people who don't know, pierogies are like a Polish dumpling. They usually have either like cabbage in it or potatoes and cheese. Um, and I really like the potato, potato and cheese ones. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've never had them before, before I went to Poland. And I have heard that it's not the same if you have them in America, obviously. So I haven't tried any once from America yet, but I know it won't feel in comparison because they're very, very good in Poland. Now, did you cook for yourself um, while you were over there? How did meals work for you? Um, so basically, we all, everyone on my floor shared a kitchen. And it was like had a stovetop and had like a sink and like counter space. And so, you know, usually we would just like cook for ourselves when we could. We also had a refrigerator in our rooms and a kettle, which was really, really nice. So I usually I tried to do like quick little meals. Sometimes I would I got really good at making myself soup, <laughs> like just put noodles in there and put some broth and then we're good to go. Uh, and then I utilized my kettle quite a lot. And I got to say, I think 
going to Europe made me realize how awesome kettles are, like electric kettles. Like you don't even have to like do much. You just plug it in, you turn it on, you can pour water in a cup noodle and it's really good. So yeah, I got to do that little bit of that. there a lot of diversity in your residence hall? There was not. So I, like I said, uh, even with American students, it's a little bit of a culture shock. I was definitely the only person of color who was in my program. And then by default, the only person of color in the whole apartment building and not very many in Krakow. Krakow was not diverse by any means. And that was probably the greatest culture shock for me. I lived in Stockton my whole life where it is just so beautifully diverse here. And I've never been a minority before, technically. Uh, so going there and being the only person all of a sudden was like very shocking for me. And probably not something that you at all expected. Oh, no, not at all. I think, I mean, I think going in, I knew that as far as like Poland went, like, yeah, I'm going to be the only, I mean, not the only, but like there won't be as much obviously as here. But I think with the American students, I was even more surprised. I was like, wow, like just got people from Minnesota, Wisconsin and Maryland and all these places. And yeah, like they didn't, I was the only one somehow. So I was not expecting that for sure. What about your classes? What did you think of your, what classes did you take? So I took quite a few classes. I took about three different history courses. So I took one about uh, pre-modern Polish history. I took a history of the Holocaust course, and then I took a um, communist history course. And then I took a modern Polish politics class an art and architecture class. And then I had a really small, like one unit language class, which was really nice. Um, and I loved my classes so much. Uh, it's definitely the way education works in Poland. I think in a lot of other places compared to the United States is very different. Like they don't really give out homework. Uh, it's usually like give you a paper and they have like a midterm, they have like an exam and that's basically how they do it. And my professors, you know, they're Polish professors and I only took it with the American students, but having the Polish professors and getting their perspectives on history and politics in Poland was so awesome, especially for my Holocaust course. That was the only class that I had that was three hours long, but I was so attentive for every single second because how could you not be? My professor, she was a Jewish professor at a different university, but she came and taught for us and she was so educated and she was so passionate about the subject. It was just, it was a very amazing experience. So these were classes that were owned by USAC? Yes. Okay. Very yes. cool. But all the professors were Polish, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So I, they got, they didn't, so I took my classes at the Krakow University of Economics, um, but a lot of these professors didn't even teach at that particular university. So, yeah. Um, now, study abroad in general can be an intense experience, but added to that, you took some courses that sound like they were pretty intense just in terms of the subject matter. How, how was that for you? I think that, you know, when I was to, like when I kind of think about it in hindsight, you know, there's always going to be culture shock when you go abroad. I think pretty much everyone who goes abroad is going to expect like, okay, I'm going to definitely feel some culture shock. I'm definitely going to feel homesick. And I definitely did. And I was expecting that. And there were a few more unexpected things that, um, that kind of startled me a little bit. However, when it came to the core subject with that, it was of course a very, very like just atrocious topic, I would say, you know, we went to Auschwitz concentration camp. We went to where the ghettos were at. It was absolutely just, it was really, really hard to take in. But I think for me, I kind of found a silver lining in the fact that I knew that I came here 
so I can get this immersive education because I wanted the full experience and the full idea of what that subject was to like the greatest possible extent because I had spent so much of my life reading about it and I thought I knew so much about it but then once you go there you realize there's so much you just don't know and there's so much I still don't know and so even though it was a really hard subject I realized that for me it was a reason why I had come there so I can learn more about it. You must have so many incredible memories from that experience. Which one stands out to you the most? I think that what definitely would stand out the most for me was probably going to Auschwitz concentration camp. I think that, you know, Poland in general is not a country a lot of people think of going to. And so kind of people don't always think, so a lot of people don't end up going to Auschwitz, even though it is a pretty popular tourist thing for people who actually do go. Um, And I know it sounds very like, just kind of like dark to say that was like, what stands out the most, but it was so powerful. And we were there for about eight hours going through both of the two different camps. And that is always going to stick out in my mind. I mean, I couldn't even get myself to take pictures of it because I was like, there's, I just, there's it's not why I'm here. Uh, and I think that for people who are studying history and who, or even if you're not studying history, I think it's an important trip to make if you can. If you're ha- if you're able and it's accessible to you and you have the opportunity, I feel like it's really important to look at those parts of history. And, you know, it's the most well-documented atrocity, I think, in history that we have the most records on. So, and I think being able to actually step foot to where it happened could teach a person quite a lot. So outside of your classes, um, was there any programming that USAC offered to you guys? Excursions, opportunities to connect with locals, anything like that that was a part of the program? So the biggest thing was that we ended up doing a Budapest and Vienna trip um, that was paid through the program. So for a weekend, we got to go to uh, Budapest, then we went to Vienna, and that was a really, really great experience getting to get out of Poland. I mean, I like l- nothing wrong with Poland, but it was really cool to kind of have a an edu- like an educational study trip to another country or two other countries. And that was really, really awesome. As far as excursions go with other Polish students, unfortunately, there wasn't as much of that. Uh, again, we were the first year of students to go, the first like spring semester students to go. So I think they were still trying to find the best way to, I guess, get us to be immersed with Polish students. Were you able to still get a sense of Polish culture and kind of how there are cultural differences between the U.S. and Poland? Were you able to get a sense of that based on interactions maybe with faculty or maybe with the cafe owners or anything like that? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, I think for a country like Poland that is so drastically different than not just necessarily the United States even, but like compared to like where I'm from, Stockton and California, it was so different. And I definitely pretty much immediately got that, that culture shock and that noticing all the differences basically, such as the fact that, you know, it is probably one of, if, or if not the most Catholic country in the world. So everything is closed on Sundays. And I can't tell you how many times I forgot to get food on Saturdays and I come Sunday, no markets were open. I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm eating the cereal in my cabinet. <laughs> yeah. And you know, just I think interacting with other Polish people like that I'd see in the halls or on the streets or like, you know, at cafes and restaurants, 
it really taught me a lot about just like different mannerisms and culture. Like people in Poland don't walk around with a smile on their face like people in America do. And that could be very off-putting, I think, but doesn't mean that they're cold or mean people. It's just not what they do. And once you get talking to them, they're very, very nice. So it's like little things like that, I think. That's a great example. Did you get to explore the city of Krakow much? Yes, I did so much. Luckily, Poland has an absolute amazing transportation system. It is very efficient. That's another thing about Polish culture is everything's so timely and so prompt. Uh, so the trams always like ran on time and I had an app on my phone to like see when a tram was coming by nearest to where I was at and then it would account for delays and tell me when I was going to get there. And so I remember I would spend weekends just going around Krakow. I would go to a restaurant that I haven't been before. I'd go to a cafe I haven't been before or and then I'd like check out a museum I hadn't been to yet and just kind of walk around and, and enjoy it and take it all in. I feel like at this point, I feel like I know Krakow pretty well because I spent a lot of time just like walking around on my own. And did you find most people understood English? That that wasn't an issue. It was it wasn't an issue, I would say, but I do think it's probably a little bit more difficult compared to a lot of other European countries. As far as it goes in Poland, you know, a lot of people over the age of about 50 don't really speak English just because of, you know, the historical context there, um, not really having the opportunity to. And then people around more my age, well, it was kind of more hit or miss, you know, sometimes you can try to talk to them. Of course, I would always say hello in Polish or something or yeah. And they would either know a few words of English or they could speak full on sentences. It just really depended. So it was pretty hit or miss. So let's say there's a student out there who's going to go, let's say next spring, tell them where they should go in Krakow for their first weekend to explore the city. What, what sites do you recommend us can't miss this? So definitely you always just want to go to the Old Town Main Square. It's just beautiful. Like the architecture is absolutely gorgeous and they have a lot of great restaurants around there. Go in the Cloth Hall in the Main Square because that's where they have all the little shops selling little trinkets and souvenirs and really awesome things. Um, and then I would also recommend probably checking out some museums like the Oscar Schindler Factory is such a good museum. That is one of the best museums I've ever been to. So powerful and just so just amazing. And then the Jewish district of Kashmir, which is very historical as well. Um, and a lot of, you know, really great touristy spots. And then you can cross the bridge and go to Podgorje. Sorry, my Polish is really bad. Um, <laughs> that is the um, where they had the Krakow ghetto at. So it's very historical. And yeah, I could give you a whole list of like coffee shops. There's a Seatot Cafe, there's Fasola Cafe, there's Kolonka Cafe, where they have buffet breakfast on Saturday mornings. <laughs> so yeah, like those are definitely my favorite things to wow. do when I was there. Gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so other than Budapest and Vienna, were you able to travel to other sites? Uh, outside of Poland? Yeah, I got to travel quite a bit, luckily. I was very, very fortunate. I got to travel to Paphos, Cyprus. I got to go to Stockholm. I went to Prague twice because I loved Prague so much. I went to Berlin. I went to London, Edinburgh, and Amsterdam. Wow. So, yeah. Give us the rundown on these sites. What was your impression of these different cities? Which one would you definitely do again? What would you do if you went? 
So I think it really demonstrated to me how different things are depending on where you go. Uh, the first, I did most of these places by myself as well. So the first solo trip I did was to Prague. Um, and I found there was a lot of similarities to Krakow when I was there, but it was just a little bit more diverse, I would say. And just a little bit, just a little bit different. I was in the culture and the history is just a tad different, but they, they overlap quite a bit. And to me, it was just so beautiful. I was obsessed with it. The main square in Prague is absolutely beautiful and then you have to go on the Charles Bridge and go to the John Lennon Wall. I had a really great historical tour guide who's just very like very knowledgeable about everything and I would always recommend whenever you go places try to do like a historical walking tour because I feel like that is the best way to get a grasp on the culture. I, yeah I loved Prague so much I went back a second time with one of my friends at the end um, and then I think another place that really stands out for me was Berlin because that's also a very historical place. I would say that Germany is a little bit more westernized for sure than Poland is, but it's still re it still kind of holds on to, you know, of course, their own culture. And it's very clear. And it was just I wasn't expecting to like it so much. I knew I would like it. But when I was there, I was just so like just I was so enamored with everything. And I did another historical walking tour where the Berlin Wall and the Reichstag and the Brandenburg Gate. It was just absolutely amazing and yeah and I really learned that I really liked uh, Scotland quite a lot too because I got to go to the Scottish Highlands and go to Loch Ness and that was gorgeous. <laughs> so did you plan every detail of these trips in advance or did you just kind of go with the flow when you got there? So I think at first I got kind of like in this mindset like I need to plan every single thing because I do not want to miss out. I don't want to you know regret not doing something and I kind of realized that you know for me personally I think it was better okay to have some certain things that I do for sure want to see but since I was mostly going on my own I knew that you know I'm just gonna kind of go with the flow and how I feel like if I hear about something like a restaurant or another site to check out I'll head over there there's no need for the super concrete schedule and I feel like that was the best thing for me um, definitely for me again doing the walking tours was very helpful because that really helped get a lot of the sites in um, so yeah I got really kind of used to just kind of more going with the flow and oh, if I'm feeling tired at nine o'clock, I'll go to bed at nine o'clock. It's totally fine. Did like, you travel alone on all these trips? Yeah. So the only places that I didn't travel alone was um, Cyprus and then the Vienna and Budapest trip. And then so every other place I had gone by myself and I kind of knew that was something I was going to want to do. I really wanted to solo travel, but I think there was a little bit of anxiety there of like, that's really scary. I don't know if I can do that. So I took a lot of baby steps. Like first, uh, the fir technically the first solo trip I did was in Poland. I went to Wrocław, which is a city that is a couple hours away from Poland. From my Poland, sorry, Krakow. Um, and then after that, I got myself to go to Prague. And then I went to Berlin. And then I went to London and Scotland and Amsterdam. And yeah. And so that was probably the best part of my, one of the best parts of study abroad. Wow. <laughs> What did you bring back from Poland? Hmm. What I brought back from Poland, well, besides tons of souvenirs for my family members, I actually kind of neglected to get myself a souvenir because I was so focused. Oh, I got myself postcards at least, but I really wanted to get my family members and my friends stuff as well. Um, I mean, for me, I kind of realized that with Poland, I realized that I probably would never live there long term. And... What I mean by that is not because I hated it or I thought that it was awful. Um, I think that it was definitely really different and I really loved it a lot. And it was different in a way where I loved it a lot, but I don't know if I could ever remain there. And I realized that that was okay. Like you don't have to, 
you don't have to want to live there long term to like love it you know what I mean exactly. and it's definitely a place in my mind like oh, I want to go back and just explore again like I did before even if it's not a place I want to stay for a year or so or a couple of years or live there but yeah I realized there's a there's some reconciliation there I think for me what would you say was the most challenging part about the experience I think definitely the diversity aspect for me was really hard um, and I am totally aware of the fact that there's going to be so many places I go in my life where I am going to be the only this, the only that, and that's okay. But I think that for me, that went, because it was my first abroad experience ever, um, that was kind of something that was really hard for me to deal with at first, because I do think that, you know, there's not as much cultural sensitivity towards certain things um, that I'm used to. You know, so if I would hear certain things, I just would take me back and I'd get offended or upset about it. But I realized, well, that's not really what they're used to. And so that was definitely really difficult. But I don't know, for me, like I could see the silver lining and that this is just a different culture and this is a different place and doesn't make Poland a bad place. It's an absolutely beautiful and stunning place. And it just it's different. And that's just how it is when you study abroad. There's going to be differences that you might not always like. So what advice do you have for other students who might be following in your footsteps, whether to Poland or to somewhere else where they're encountering uh, it, that feeling of being the other uh, when, where that, when they're abroad? I would say definitely, I mean, you could prepare yourself, but be aware that you can prepare yourself so much, but it'll never compare to when it finally happens. You know, I thought I had prepared myself so much, but you know, you, you're still gonna feel that level of culture shock. I think it's important to know that that's okay. Because I think that when I was feeling, you know, that shock and that feeling of like, oh, I'm like feeling really different. I feel like I'm at a place here. I really got afraid, oh, am I letting this ruin my experience? And of course you shouldn't let it ruin your experience. It is, definitely didn't ruin mine. But I realized it's okay to be sad for a little bit. I mean, you're far away from home and it's different. It's okay to kind of accept your feelings and realize that you're a little sad and to express to your to your family and friends that are at, back at home how you're feeling because, you know, then they'll know and they'll be there for you more and they'll know to call more and they'll, to check in more. And I think it's just important that we don't avoid how we're really feeling. Um, and just know that those feelings aren't invalid because I think for a while I kind of felt like, oh, I feel like I should not be feeling this way. I'm just being too sensitive. I need to chill out. And it wasn't until I really talked to someone back at home. They're like, no, like that's completely understandable that you'd be feeling that way. So just know that those feelings, no matter how sensitive you might think you are, they're not invalid at all. Absolutely. How did you feel about USAC's support for you throughout the program? I do think that they were very helpful in the sense that, you know, they prepared us very well when we first got there with orientation and everything. Um, but it kind of goes back to how it was a newer program and there were some, I guess, communication differences um, that were kind of hard to, I guess, deal with. It actually wasn't as much with me personally. I just know there was other students that kind of had trouble with some things. Um, and so they I have staff on site. They do. They do have staff on site, which was really nice. They were on actually the university campus that we were staying at. So they were always there, which was really, really good. So I do think it was something that became a little bit difficult in terms of being able to reach them, even though they were on campus, like through email or something like that became kind of difficult. Yeah. So that's kind of like my idea. What did you find that most of the other students who were struggling, what were they struggling with most frequently? I think they were kind of maybe from what I was talking to them, I think it was kind of, you know, the usual stuff when it comes to study abroad, like missing home and like things are very different. And I think something that kind of took me aback for some of them is kind of, I think that 
that homesickness for them kind of made them not want to try new things sometimes. Like there were certain times where like they would be a little bit more judgmental towards certain things, like certain foods, certain cultural differences and, you know, kind of react not in the best way. But when I think about it now, it probably was because they're just, you know, missing home and they're missed to, they, they're missing what they're used to. And I was able to, to take notice of that. And so when it, when I'm looking at that and I'm reflecting on it, I think my advice to students would be like, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. You know, it's okay. Like if something's different, it's okay if you don't like it. Like you don't have to like it, to be honest. Um, but it's important to know to not like judge the older culture because that's how they do things. They probably think tons of things that we do are weird. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about advice for other students who are looking for a program. What f- things do you think that students should consider when they're researching programs that maybe you hadn't thought about considering before you when you were when you were researching the program yourself? I think, well, I think first and foremost what's really important is your safety for the most part though most programs and your like University of the Pacific does a really good job in telling you like what countries are LGBTQ safe what you know countries are just like not safe to travel to at all you know it's always important to keep those differences in mind Um, you just want to keep your you want to be as safe as you can I think it's really important to kind of evaluate yourself and think about it's important to go abroad and to experience like the cultural differences and, you know, kind of get that. I think culture shock is important to an extent. Um, But I also think it's important to not shock yourself so much that it's like overloading you. You know, for me, I personally thought I could handle a little bit more of the culture shock, which I think I was able to. um, And I'm glad I did it, but it definitely was a lot. So I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind. um, Like, where are you at right now mentally? Where are you at? Like emotionally, do you feel like you have a support system behind you or within you um, where you can handle that much of a difference and it's okay if you want to go somewhere where you already speak the language if they already speak English or if you speak another language and you just want to go there or you know that's perfectly fine it's still going to be a valuable experience either way so don't force yourself to do something so crazy different just for the sake of saying that she did it you know cool 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 Um, All right. Well, thank you to all of our listeners out there. You can find more information about study abroad on our website, go.pacific.edu slash Pacific Abroad. Follow us on Instagram at Pacific.abroad and Facebook at Pacific Abroad. Thanks to Pacific Tiger Broadcasting and Camille Khalili, our producer. Thank you especially to Natalia Guevara. What a great episode this week. And a reminder to all of our listeners, you can afford it. You can graduate on time. You can go. So, Come find out how by visiting us in the Bechtel International Center. Derek Bradley signing off.